Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. We are here to talk about Waxworks. But before we get into the work of Wax, we're going to do a little mailbag, Aaron. All right, man. So, um, we got uh, some feedback on Twitter. Uh, Danny Hudson, he says... Amazing to think that some guys from the U.S. talk about the computer I played on in Sheffield, U.K. back in the mid-90s. Still love Amiga to this day. Great pod. Oh, that's so, nice. Did you, did you ever live in Sheffield? That's where I lived when I lived in that's the U.K. That's what I thought. So that's nice. One of your, one of your people over that's there. That's right. You're a transplanted Sheffieldian. I am. You what do tell, they call themselves You can tell there? by the accent that I was born Sheffieldian? Sheffieldites? Northern is what that's they call it. Yeah. <laughs> that's easier. <laughs> um, so, uh, Aaron, we got, we got a piece of physical mail in okay. the mail. That's supposed to metaphysical. It's supposed to metaphysical mail. Uh, this is um, this is a, a letter. This is from Erky. 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 Not Urkel. Okay. Not Urkel. Right. He's not involved. <laughs> so Hi, we got John. A, wait a second. How's it going? You, you actually got a physical letter. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. That's great. Okay. Hi, John and Aaron. I started following your podcast back in the beginning of 2016 and been a loyal listener since. Whenever I create a new playlist of last week's Amiga and retro gaming related podcasts for my iPod, Amigos episodes get dragged to the top of the list every time. My name is Erki. I'm originally from Estonia, but currently writing you from Toronto, Canada, where I've been temporarily residing for the past few years. He goes on to talk about how he got into the Amiga relatively late in the mid-90s and had an A500 and then a stock 1200 and then a 1200 with the Blizzard 1230 with 16 megs of fast RAM. He used it for BBSing um, and browsing the web, accessing FTPs and IRC chat rooms. Um, and he says that he believes that Amiga's eyebrows was even, it's funny, eyebrows, but it's eyebrows. Cute. Uh, was the first browser on any platform to provide tabbed browsing. Hmm. Interesting. Sounds like a uh, study up sort of a gimmick there. Yeah, yeah. Get on it, boat. Um, he says, uh, about Amiga days in Estonia, I remember buying Amiga format magazines from a mainstream newspaper outlet, and there was a commercial game called Rockets, with spelled cool guy style, from a team of Estonian developers. It is quite a polished, quite polished, and offers loads of two-player fun. So we'll have to look at rockets to see what was going on in the Estonian Amiga development. I like scene. that. Uh, and he says he says he currently has several updated classic 68k systems and even two Macs running registered Morph OS. So uh, wow. he is hardcore yes. Amiga power, and he's he's provided a breakdown of all of his systems and all of his things. So we can we can take a look at that later. And, uh, and he says, um, P.S., I got you guys some tasty treats. Oh, boy. Okay. <clears throat> so. Uh-oh. I'm going to unwrap one of these and give it to you because I don't want you to read the label. Okay. okay. Um, Dunder salt again. Look what he's doing to him. <laughs> you know, I believe I spoke with this fellow in, during my fighting game stream. This is one that is broken, so I will give you another one. 
Are these just, are these candies just loose in there? Are they in a package? This makes me even more nervous. Just pop it in. The whole thing. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. What is it? This is vodka. Uh, this is vodka filled chocolate. Mm. <laughs> mm. What do you think of that? Give me another one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll give you another one. This was this is a liqueur filled chocolate. Mm. You're a fine man. <laughs> you knew what to send me, John. Yeah, a lot yeah, of people you. look at the fatness and think I just sent this guy any old candy. Interesting. It takes a true professional to look deep inside of me and understand my deep root alcoholism that goes along with the weight. Now, unfortunately, a lot of these broke in the in the mail. That is unfortunate because man, this but, right here is what's, what are these leaking. insured for? But, but but what's funny is that the the alcohol, oh, of course, immediately evaporates yeah. and you're just left with the good chocolate. <laughs> Isn't that bizarre? Wow, those are great. Mm -hmm. mm. You know. That's straight up booze. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not like booze flavored topping. No. no, that's that's got a kick. Mm-hmm. I like them. So, um, what a great gift! Thank you. A, Thank you. It'll be interesting to find how those are made. Mm, to yeah. keep the alcohol in there. Yeah. There. So, mm. um, if you were wondering, because I know several people have tried to send us alcohol internationally in the mail before, <laughs> all you have to do is just encase it in chocolate. Get one of those huge chocolate through, bunnies, right? you know, for Easter, and just to cut a hole in it and just tip up oh. a fifth. <laughs> tip it up. The tipsy rabbit. <clears throat> so, thank you so much. Um, thank you so much, Ericky, for... For that that was, that I, was i'm not 100 sure but i think i talked to this guy and like said on one of my streams so. yeah and it's it's so nice to receive actual physical physical mail of what was the last time you got a proper letter i, I mean, know i know that's great know. isn't it and uh after the show we'll uh he, he's got a lot to write about um he he thinks that uh we should we should do another amiga uh fps uh, uh show and he's got reviews of all of the 3d first person shooters good board. lord yeah so bring this guy on board yeah he's make room john you can know the seat right there <laughs> so thank you Eric. yeah man we appreciate that that was great very good tasty all right aaron are you ready to dive in to the world of amiga news Let's dive in before we dive into the amiga news i want to dive into related because we've been I'm not going to say we've been off for several weeks, but we've been uh, ignoring the news for several weeks. And so one thing that released while we were out was the Commodore 64 Mini. All right. Now, I've seen a bit, uh, many, many reviews, and I've seen many people talking about it. These aren't available here in the U.S. unless you have them shipped in. Uh, so um, I don't know. Have you looked into this thing at all or watched any reviews or seen any gameplay footage? Either one of you guys mm -hmm. looked into this at all? Uh, I've read some reviews, but I have not looked. I've not seen any gameplay footage. Um, I've watched a lot of it. I'm not going to go into a big review here, so I don't know how to play one. But they look okay. They look okay. I've heard uh, the joysticks aren't great, and I've heard there's uh, some lag between the stick and the and the actual unit. Uh, but they're attractive little units. They're well boxed. Uh, I read how expensive it would be to ship one here, and it's pretty expensive. I think it's like 150 bucks, something mm -hmm. like that, which is that's pricey, yeah. you know, for a unit. So I don't think I'll be getting one. Mm -hmm. Plus, again, we, given the uh, limitations of it in comparison to something we can emulate it, hey, I, and plus I've got a couple of C64s. Uh, but 
it's a, it's a nice unit, and it, and I think it's doing well. And so, I, I would like to see uh, that uh, I like to see this grow into something for the Amiga. Uh, I believe the Alpha that did this is the same bunch of guys that were working on one of the uh, uh, ZX Spectrum. Uh, clone devices. I think it's the one that fell through. The oh, handheld unit. I can't okay. recall what that was called. Again, we Is don't, that the Vega? The Vega. I think that was that one. Uh, and I believe I read that they had a deal in with the C64 that involved Cloanto as well. Really? Which opens the door mm-hmm. to the possibility. I think these are selling well. I mean, everyone's been talking about them. Mm-hmm. I've seen them everywhere. Yeah. So, it, you know, uh, we got into this in our New Year's Eve predictions uh, show, but I think this I, now I feel even stronger in my stance that there might be a mini Amiga uh, in, in in the future. Would would you buy one of those, John? If it came around, if you could get a mini Amiga that had say like 60, 70 games on it that you could just plug in HDMI, would it be something that would interest you as a consumer? Uh, possibly, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've got the uh, 500 and the emulators and such. But do you think yeah, an your average? Do you think your average Joe would buy one if they saw it? I don't think so. You don't think the boat? Not in this country. So you don't? You think the chances of it getting released here is a zero? Which I agree yeah. because if they didn't release a 64 here, now they may be doing an import or maybe someone will start selling them eventually. Well, yeah, you can buy them right now for sale in the United States. You don't have to get them shipped here. The, where where can you buy them at? You mean at a store? Not at a store, but you, there's places to buy them online that are U.S. Based. Oh yeah, yeah. But I'm talking like these are these are apparently they're in all the stores over in yeah, over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, which would be great. Like I went and got trees of the uh, uh, that uh, Oregon, uh, Trail. Oregon Trail game. If it was like that, you could go buy one. Yeah. That would be great, you know. But we're out of luck on that. So. Yeah. However, in in the U.K. and in the places where the Amiga was huge, then I could I could see it more. Yeah. But, I don't know. Part of the appeal of the C64 is that it does have a very distinctive case, a very distinctive color scheme, you know, the the brown on lighter brown. Yeah. Um, and the Amiga really just sort of looks like a brown. You brown know, on lighter uh, brown. Yeah, it just looks like What if it was the 1000? It's pretty cool looking. Oh, yeah, you're right. Isn't that, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Host brings eternal. That's right. I would like to see the Amiga in the... In the hands of the common man, mm-hmm. we're the we're the. I feel like we're the podcast for the common man, and we're we're rooting this on. Thank you, fanfare for me. So, speaking of fanfare, we're not even going to wait. We're not going to put this off. Let's just talk about it now. The big news, boat, in a stunning turn, as I mentioned on our various accounts, uh, the Amigos uh, Retro Gaming YouTube channel has been named one of the top forty retro gaming YouTube channels. By Feedspot. Now, Feedspot, renowned, huge, everyone, it's a household name. And did we you post this on Google Plus? I, I did. Uh, and uh, we, have, uh, we have been named, it was a while back, weeks and weeks ago. Uh, I think I did. It's on Facebook for sure. <laughs> but uh, uh, we have been named by these fellows, and it, was a, it came as quite a surprise uh, to us. I looked into Feedspot to uh, uh, figure out uh, what they were all about, and uh, they we looked at the top 40 to see who uh, who were in there, and sure enough, every retro gaming site that you would that you could imagine was there. Uh, and I think you just there, right there, you passed it. There you go. Oh, that's it. That's I it. I was expecting the the yeah. The, the, uh... <laughs> Boat's looking for it on the screen. Yeah, you probably. I think it was in both. Um, I thought you were going to post the thing that they that 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 special medallion. Oh yeah, if they, they made us a special ribbon. Now, yeah. but, but if you flip down to the first couple of names on here, 
You've got your usual suspects, the uh, the angry video game nerd, Pat the Punk. I'm not going to read these, but I'll, I'll listen to some of these, like uh, GameSack, Gaming Historian. A lot of good guys. And so, to Kim Justice, we both uh, are, uh, love. Um, do, you, do you listen to any of those guys or read any of those? No. no. Um, we were we barely <laughs> we barely staggered in at 39, but hey, we'll take it. We're right in between Retro Gamer Girl and just Retro Gaming. Yeah, hey, we'll take it. Um, it was. You know what I think happened? Uh, I think that they found probably 35 podcasts. And then they're like, man, just type in retro gaming. Now listen. And take the <laughs> take the last five. Now, from what now, now up. wait a minute. Now I I thought that way too at first, but I went and looked. First of all, this is a legitimate play. Uh, it is. Page. Deep spot is legit. And secondly, uh, if you Google retro gaming, four billion channels come up on on YouTube. So I'm going to take it at face value. Okay. And say that we were honored, and it is an honor to be one of the top forty. Uh, retro gaming channels, as named by Feedspot, uh, and and uh, not just us, but uh, uh, um, also uh, Retro Hour is in there. They're in the upper thirties, or uh, or thirty one, thirty two, something like that. So we're they were also repping the Amiga. I think there was I don't know if there's any other Amiga reps up in there that are strictly Amiga. Well, then again, I guess I guess they're not strictly, but they're close. Neither are we. Uh, well, that's true. Uh, so. Uh, it was nice. I thought I'd mention it. I felt I was happy. Yeah. And I could tell people. I could tell. I could break the glorious news that we'd made the top forty. You tell the world. Hey, this year thirty nine. Next year thirty eight. That's right, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. So, it everything else after that is going to be lamer news. But we'll go ahead and go into it, man. Um, so let's talk about this article here. And I, I don't. I think you may have posted this one. The uh, History of Amiga Part 12, Red versus Blue. This is that continuing. This is the continuing saga on Ars Technica. I have not gotten to read this. How how was it? Chris Folds posted this actually. Oh, I'm and, looking at a um, Facebook where someone else posted. So have you got to look at this one yet? Yeah. So I have not read this, but I know I will because yeah, that's this good... is this is a very long running series. We talked about it before. This started in 2007 on Ars Technica. And I've learned more from reading this series than any number of other Amiga books slash articles online. I mean, it's just a really fantastic uh, history that, that encompasses the entire, you know, the entire... Yeah, they, they do a great job. They do a really good job with that, with that run. And it really is. It is quite informative. Uh, another one from Folds. Uh, this probably hits uh, close to your heart, Boat. The Art of Point-and-Click Adventure Games. The book... You know, this is Bitmap Books. They've they've stumbled upon a formula that seems to be working very well for them, where they basically just you know they, they write short articles about games, and then they they take really high res you know blow ups of of, of of different screenshots and things like that. And uh, boy, this really looks beautiful. Um, this this might be the first one of these that I buy, just because there are so many. Remember that video that Brutal put together, the 40 Amiga point-and-click adventure games? Yeah. There are so many games that I had no idea existed. And, uh, and the, 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 of course, the packaging mm. with this is just beautiful. It looks nice. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's such an awesome title. Now, it's not cheap. Uh, it's 30 pounds, which is going to be close to 60 bucks U.S. Or if you want the, uh, the special DOS-style game box <laughs> with it, it's going <laughs> to set you back 50, 50 quid. So uh, That's a few bucks. Yeah. A few yeah. bucks merkin. But uh, hey, 
you know, hey, at least it's an option, right? That's you like that stuff too, the yeah. point and click stuff. So you can imagine there'd be some pretty good art in there. Uh, so yeah, and uh, again, I've heard good things about them. You're right, they found the niche. Uh, there's a group called ECW Press. They wrote, they do wrestling books like autobiographies. It's the same sort of thing. Is it's the a, it's name a, ECW like public domain now? Well, it was. It stands for not extreme championship wrestling. I don't know. I don't know. How, yeah, I'm the same way. I thought, well, that's weird, but yeah, it's that they they've done a similar thing. They found the niche of wrestling fans. And they're just feeding the biography after biography and stuff like that. So it's kind of neat. Um, so let's talk about this. Here's another one. Uh, and this is one of our boys. Uh, this is uh, Chris Foltz posted this one up. This is from uh, Duncan Styles, our good and dear friend. His review of the Cyclone RX. Uh, it's uh, been used quite a bit amongst our, our folks in the uh, Discord. And... Uh, it's a joystick adapter, effectively, and he posted this uh, on our site, and it lets you connect a PlayStation One or Two controller to the uh, to the Amiga. Uh, I saw a guy selling some gimmick like this a couple years ago in, in one of the I think it was EAB uh, that you would let you hook a joystick up to it, and you could and you could use the PlayStation joystick as like a mouse and a controller, uh, uh, but. Uh, Anything that lets you use anything you want on the Amiga is good by me. And uh, uh, a PlayStation has a good quality gamepad, so you know, sounds good to me. I've got the NES uh, adapter on mine. Super NES. Super though. NES, excuse me. It's funny. Uh, I have that. I've had it for a while. And, th and this is completely separate from that. I find myself almost always using the CD32 gamepad on it. It's it, Well, I mean, you've got it. It's there, and it's more authentic. Uh, no, it's not that. I actually like it. I mean, there's something mentally wrong with me. Well, no, I, I, I really because it's universally hated. But I mean, I really, th I mean, and mine, you shake it, it makes a noise, right? <laughs> Only the best. Much like most of my computers and everything else in my house. But you shake it, you hear a little clicking in there. Whatever fell out in there, not important. <laughs> but I, I, I do enjoy it. I like the way it feels. So I've been, I've been using it more and more. Of course, I've got the trusty, you know, Wicco as well that I break oh, that out. Piece but, of garbage. Oh, how dare you, boat? <laughs> no, you're, the Wicco Ergo is fine. It's that red-handled beast. Oh uh, well, that's that's your opinion, of course. And your opinion's wrong. Um, so <laughs> Duncan again, man, he's been a he's been a machine. Yeah. This is handy. Where were you, Styles, uh, years ago when I first did this? He's put up a video here. How to set up an Amiga Compact Flash Drive using Win UAE. I'll tell you how. Lots of sweating, lots of furrowing your brow in a vain attempt to understand. That's how I did it. Lots of reading 20-year-old uh, documents you found in the back half of a forum somewhere. Look how pretty that photo is, yeah. too. Yeah, he, he, he did a great, a very good job on this stuff. And uh, uh, man, I mean, it's. Have you have you ever you set one of these up? Haven't you? A compact flash? No, not yet. I mean, it shouldn't be tough. You know, everything involved with hard running Amiga is like impossible. <laughs> it just never. I swear to you, every time I get a problem, I just I'm just like, no. It reminds me of pinball. Mm -hmm. It's expensive. It's impossible for you to get parts, and it's complicated every single time. And this is no different. So, let Duncan hold your hand and and help you skip through the path oh, man. thank you so much duncan for putting this guy together i guarantee you this this is going to generate a lot of traffic on uh, everythingamiga.com plus old aaron is getting ready to go down that road again so yeah i'm not looking forward to that uh we should also mention that the huck the huckster gary hucker put up episode five of pimping out the amiga Ooh. yeah he's uh added again in fact since we've talked he may have put out four and five he's he's been putting those things out pretty regular yeah and uh, uh 
he, of course, Gary, he's, he knows what he's talking about. He's the man. So if, if you want to watch him do his thing, pop one over. I think that one came out last week. Don't hold me to that. I think that's when it came out. It's, it's fairly recently on that one. Um, let me see if I've got anything else here. Bo, you did a couple streams in the past. Would you want to talk about those? So, yeah, I every once in a while I'll stream out uh, a lot of... Uh, Ness, Super Ness, I just got uh, as a generous gift from Amigos fan, uh, Christopher Hassel, a.k.a. Hasifa, uh, sent me a SNES Mini, so I did a big stream on that, uh, showing that off, and um, of course it's all hacked up now, so I've got NES games on that too. <laughs> um, and uh, But Aaron, really, you're the star of the streaming show now. Oh yeah, I'm really going crazy with the streams. So you've done a, you've done a couple, you did a Super Retrocade stream. And you also did uh, a couple, at least a couple Amiga streams. We did. Really well. I, you know, you know me. I love the old fighting games, mm-hmm. and so I thought, you know, I'm going to sit down and play a bunch of Amiga fighting games. And so I started at Street Fighter and went all the way through all the Street Fighters that I could. Then I went through the Mortal Kombat's and a couple other wackier ones, uh, and uh, had a good time just streaming. I, I have streaming to me is not something I've done that much, so I'm trying to get into it a little bit, and it's fun. And then one night, I, you know, I, I mentioned this a few months ago, I made the idiot purchase of buying a Super Retrocade, and lo and behold, these things are suddenly in vogue. Mm-hmm. People are making, they're going crazy for right, them. Right, And I thought, that's weird, so I thought, well, I'm going to try hooking this thing up and, and just running through some games and seeing how they play, and, and uh, I put that up, and I was surprised how uh, much people cared about that, because it's not sort of really... It's not necessarily our bag, mm-hmm. uh, but we, uh, uh, but it was fun. And I've got a guest coming in next week, and we're going to play all the rest of the Amiga fighting games two-player, and then we're going to go and play a, a ton of arcade fighting games and stream that one night. It'll be at the midnight special one night. We'll, we'll sit around drinking and <clears throat> and playing and playing games. So that that should be fun. But yeah, just for fun, I'm trying to uh, get into streaming. It's it's actually pretty fun. I yeah. enjoy it. It's nice to have that instant feedback too, when someone can say you're dumb. <laughs> I guess what they want to. Um, I think that is just about it. I don't know if there's anything else here. There's some. Oh, how could I forget this one, boat? Speaking of Laserdisc games, which we weren't, but... Uh, they, Super Don Quixote is Super back. Don Quixote <laughs> on the Amiga, no. Uh, but one almost as obscure, Road Avenger, is now playable on the Amiga. Um, I've played Road Avenger. Have you, ever, have you ever seen that one? They didn't have that one up in Ch- Charleston. Uh, sort of an obscure Laserdisc racing title. Uh, it's wacky. I believe the I know it from like I believe it was out on the Sega CD is the place I remember it from. You know, not not in the arcade, and but lo and behold, they've they've actually ported it over to uh, to the Amiga. So if you are, are feeling froggy, you can give it give it a whirl. I think I saw some people uh, uh, out actually playing it. I have not tried it yet, although it will be on it'll be on my short list uh, to uh, to to give a shot. Uh, we should probably also mention while I'm thinking about it, uh, our sister show ARG Presents out right now is our wacky, zany TurboGrafx-16 episode, Bo. Right, one of my favorites that we've done so far. That was, um, uh, we had a good time uh, with the TurboGrafx. It's a great, it's a great machine, and uh, um, I enjoyed your game despite myself, because I was sure it would be crap. And, uh, of course, I enjoyed my game because I picked it. Have you ever played Turbo Graphics before, man? No, I remember when it came out, though. Really? Did anyone you knew had mm. one? Did you know anyone that ever owned one? 
I don't think so. Yeah, it was. I mean, it did not do. <laughs> yeah. It did uh, Amiga CD thirty two levels of bad <laughs> in the states. Uh, well, actually, I guess it wasn't even released, so it did better than that. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. So if you're in if you're into Turbo Graphics, uh, check that out. And then uh, we just we are just off the hot off the presses off the newest ARG, which will be breaking out. I believe that'll get released next Wednesday. Boat is that right? That's right. And uh, this episode will be arcade games. Mm-hmm. Me and Boat. Went to work on some arcade games, so we, we threw some of that together. So that should be a lot of fun. And upcoming in the future, there's some uh, really interesting stuff coming up on ARG that should interest all of our European listeners. Absolutely. So that should be a lot of fun. I think that pretty much breaks it down, Boatster. If you got any other news? No, I think it's time to jump oh, wait. into... Oh, I did forget one thing. What's that? Our special guest, John, here donated uh, a hefty supply of what I'm hoping will be Amiga whitener to, to us, and so I'm hoping next time he comes around, we're gonna get we're gonna get crazy and dump some uh, cases. What was that stuff called exactly, John? For people at home that might oh, want to give it a shot, Salon Care Forty. Salon it's Care Forty. Hair tell, developer. And tell it, give a brief description <clears throat> of how you'd use it. Um, you just basically coat it with a paintbrush or something like that. Uh, put plastic over it so it doesn't evaporate, and set it out in the sun is what most people are doing. Uh, it takes about 45 minutes to whiten, something like that. And so it's, it's like RetroBite, but cheap <clears throat> and better. You just don't have to mix it. Yeah. And, and it doesn't include OxyClean or anything like that. And tell yeah. them about the key thing you told me. Uh, that's uh, the 8 bit guy uh, video that I saw where he was uh, heating up distilled water to 170, putting in the liquid version of Salon Care 40, soaking the keys, and it takes about 15 minutes. I think, just dump the keys like right yeah. in. Cool. So, <clears throat> love it. We may give this a crazy shot. I did hear about somebody that was trying it on a case uh-huh. in a larger version where they heated the water to 170 and said they got case warping. Oh, well, so, we don't want that. So they went back to using the salon care yes. with plastic on it. And but, the good the good news about it is is that once we finish whitening all the cases, then I'll have all that salon care for my beautiful locks. That's right. You're flowing. <laughs> Sets it up. They did say, though, there's a problem with evaporation if you let it evaporate completely that it ruins it but I, i'm not sure about that they said that it's it yeah that it's permanently coated with uh, salon care Ooh, you can't boy. get it off so have they, they ever, that's why you have to have, put the plastic have you ever over considered it. dyeing your beard just a snowy snowy white <laughs> dying it i would never dye my beard i'm well, a real man i would i would love to see you walking in here like gandalf one day just <sighs> i've dressed as gandalf before it didn't go well why not? Because Gandalf's not a fat, bald dork. That's why. Gandalf's a sleek, gold, like silver, like cool guy. You know what they say. The first step is the beard. I'm more like uh, the Andre the Giant of the Hobbits. That'd be me. <laughs> Man, that's a great Halloween costume. There you go. <laughs> All right, Aaron. It's time to talk waxworks. It's time to talk waxworks. So, just wanted to, everybody to know before we jump in that this game was suggested by Amigos game selection committee member adam battersby uh he uh has selected this game to be his game for the month yes and uh um, tell them how you can become a member of that elite squad if you would like to support amigos you can go to amigos.com nope that's not right you can go to patreon.com slash amigos podcast and uh there are multiple levels you can support the show with but if you select the uh, amigos game selection committee member level then you get to choose one game a month for us to talk about on the show you know i've got a cunning plan 
Okay, I'm all ears. Go on. We both have trouble with that, with these very, and I really have trouble with these URLs. We should buy up everything that has Amigos in it. Mm -hmm. And that way, no matter what we say, you know, (laughs) amigosteshirt.uk.co, and that way we're covered for our various screw-ups. Aaron Dowdy got paid.biz. That's right. Yo, 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 (laughs) money.com. Let's talk about wax work. Okay. First of all, have either of you ever been to a wax museum? No, uh, Ripley's, that's the closest I've been. That's yeah. pretty close. What about you, Boat? I have been to Madame Tussauds in All London. The, the number one wax museum probably yeah. on the planet. And so how was it? It was amazing. It was amazing how real everything looked. Is there a horror ang- uh, like gallery in no, there? No, not really. It's not like the one at Ripley's or, or you know, um, this one, at least not that I saw. Now, maybe there was like a pathway somewhere that I didn't see, but this was mostly just celebrities. I mean, I was like, I remember they had, um, what's his name, Patrick Stewart, Audrey Hepburn, uh, Pope John Paul II, Oscar Wilde, Ollie was there. I mean, no, the, no they, zombies, no And the no thing that's mummies. cool about it is they let you get right up on top of these guys. Like, you can put your arm around them. Really? You can, yeah, yeah. And so. That's crazy. I wonder how long those things last. I don't know. It's a good, I was I was shocked that they let you get as close to them as, as they do. I've been to a couple of wax museums of not of that quality. Your beach variety, your uh, crummy amusement park variety. I think that those the, the horror stuff, because it is sort of, you know, mangled corpses and stuff, it's easier to get by with a less skilled artist. Yeah, you're probably right. Because if they botch, you just feel like that's a scar. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's a good so, uh, with that in mind, this is a game that begins, at least, in a wax museum. Uh, wax Works, again, this came out in 1993, developed by a nutty outfit called Horror Soft. Now, we have a uh, checkered past with Horace. I wouldn't call it checkered. I'd call it black. Boat Boat actually <laughs> hates Horace. I, I that have a soft spot in my heart. Well, you remember what Horosoft was before they were Horosoft. But what, what were they? They were Tine Tine Tinsoft or Tine. I know. I know what you're going to say. I've mispronounced it. What well, do you know why I know you mispronounced it? Because I did it the last time we covered this. And do you know why I know? Because at the end, at the beginning of the games that they made, when they were Tensoft, they say, there's a voice sample that says Tensoft Presents. What have you played that was from them? Oh my gosh. You don't remember? No. What did we play that was from them? I remember Horrorsoft, but I don't remember Tensoft. Tensoft were the brains behind first person pinball. Oh gosh! No wonder I've. So per- you remember you that? Say, I remember lots of things from Man, that, show. that is that when is creeperoo. A game like first person pinball doesn't leave. I mean, easily. I remember the game, but I don't remember that. So when you say we have a checkered past with them, it's not checkered. You're right. You're right. I didn't. I see. I left that one out. Black. Holy smokes! <laughs> well, they also, folks, they were responsible for the beloved. Highly regarded Elvira series, uh, and uh, which I liked way more than Boat, but still not much. Uh, and these guys amazingly would go on to be Adventure Soft, and they would do all the Simon the Sorcerer games, which were much better. And something I found out, and while we're here, we'll go ahead and mention it. Uh, a couple of the guys that were basically the brains behind the outfit, the designers, uh, were uh, Mike Woodruff. And Alan Bridgman and Simon Woodruff. This is sort of a family affair. You had a couple families that were running this. But here's the interesting thing for me. I didn't know that until this episode. Mike Woodruff uh, was the uh, was one of the producers behind Call of Cthulhu: Dark Corners of the Earth, which is a tremendous game. Why have love. we not done that on the show? Before? Because that's not an Amiga game. Oh. <laughs> that was many years later. It's okay. probably my. No, there's no problem to it. It's my favorite 
horror type game mm -hmm. of all time. You ever played a Cthulhu mm -hmm. game? I'm a big Cthulhu guy, I'm a big H.P. Lovecraft guy, as we've covered. And this was this was a great game. So he was, and unfortunately, it was the game that ended his company. Mm. So <laughs> unfortunately, but still, much like this game ended Horror Soft. So um, this was published by Accolade. You know, I was going through Accolades, uh, the what they'd published over the years. They've the really got a lot of accolades over. They've the years. got all. Oh yeah, they've got a lot of good games. Okay, you got your fourth and inches cool game. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's old, but yeah. fun. You got your bar games. I love bar games, I as know you, you know. Love bar games. You got your hardball series. Love the hardballs. They were fun, right? Uh, you got your Star Control, mm -hmm. right? You got your uh, Jack Nicholas Golf, right? I believe one of your favorites. I do. I like it a lot. You got your Test Drives, and you got wow. your Mean, and you got Mean 18, which is a good golf game. So that's a lot of good, and they did like 50, 60 games, but, or something like that, but then those are all top shelf yeah. titles. I'm sure there were some not so top shelf, but they well, really. I picked the, out the best the, ones. The, the, the cream was really. I really picked strong. out the best ones. Uh, this game, uh, one, another neat aspect. It was in uh, you. You got your English, French, and your German. All right, so it's got multiple languages. I actually, believe it or not, I loaded up the German one accidentally, and uh, I was really puzzled. I was like, "What?" In the so yeah, the, yeah, but they're they, you know this would probably be a pretty easy candidate for that because most of it's a visual. Um, this ran on the ECS OCS. It came on 400 discs. All right, it came on. <laughs> it came on 10 big discs. 10 is my limit on discs, right there. That is one. that your limit? And, and, and nine is fine, but man, 10 is too and much. And I was thinking to myself, holy smokes, to set and play this on disc oh. would be uh, unbelievable monotony of swapping discs. I mean, of course, Monkey Island came with a bunch of discs. There's a lot of games that came with but a lot that, of discs. You know, Monkey Island is a slower-paced game. This is not a game you can hang around in too long. No, you cannot, as we'll get into. Um, so, what is what is Waxworks? Well, and believe it or not, one of the things I will give this game credit for, it's got an incredible backstory. Um, the, game, the game tells you the backstory. Basically, you come up to this Waxworks uh, Wax Museum, and this big bruiser it looks like if riffraff were on steroids this big monster lurch like yeah he he answers the door and he's expecting and the gimmick in this game is you're a you're a half of a set of twins and your family is cursed and every time twins are born into the family you got a good twin and you got a bad it's like me and brent Right. I'm the good one. He's the bad one. Mm -hmm. uh, Matt, but unlike Brent, this the bad one gets a lot of stuff done in this game, <laughs> and he does a lot of evil. And he and and so the curse continues. And so your ancestor contacts you in this crystal ball and says, "Listen, you need to go back, and you need to you need to stop this crap. You need to go through and 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 you have to go back. We're going to send you back in various time periods, and you're going to correct the scummy things that your ancestors did. And you and the portal." To get to these various places is the Wax Museum, and it's in exhibits that are held therein. Right now, it mentions that you should have read a letter before you even play the game, mm -hmm. and so I thought, well, I'm going to go back and take a look at this letter. Let me tell you something. This ain't a letter, brother. This is a freaking novella that they wrote. I, I, it was long. I mean, they, they must have. I mean, it was the longest docs I've ever seen on the Amiga game, and I thought, holy smokes, they really poured it into this game in terms of the back. The backstory to it, and uh, so once you what you've got here is a point and click game uh, with with some with some wrinkles. Uh, it's a lot like the Elvira games. Uh, you uh, you can move around with the on screen arrows. You can use a keyboard, and you've got a cursor on the screen. And you're basically you've got a window that has your what you're seeing. You've got a a uh, 
a directional pad to like your middle right or middle left that also can be a compass depending on what you want. On the right, you've got like a uh, your like a representation of what your hands and some other stuff you can do. And at the bottom, you've got your inventory. Pretty simple, straightforward stuff. And then there's a window on the right that when you touch something on the screen that give you choices like to examine, to, to open, to do whatever, the little a little menu will pop up and give you those choices written out on the side. It's a pretty good system. So we'll start off with just, just talk about the system itself. Um, the I, I, I liked it in Elvira, and I kind of like it in this. In terms of, I, I think the, the drag and drop inventory is cool. I've always liked it on the Amiga. It's a great thing. Uh, and the uh, directional pads, are, are everything works like it should uh, with a butt, which I'll get to. Now, what, just in terms of the interface, what are your thoughts? I thought the interface was fine. I thought it was. I, I thought it was good. It's it's a it's a different take on um, on movement than say you know a game that's not first person. Right. But I think that they did it just about the best the best that they could as far as the interface. Goes. Sure. So here's the thing that the interface has that I don't like, which is not the interface's fault. When you this is your typical point and click Elvira type game where you or I mean really they're all the same. You advance sort of like a screen at a time. And so you're visually, the screen in front of you will update. So if you're walking down a hall and there's a door to the hall, every time you click forward one, you'll basically go up a step, right. a grid space or whatever you want to say, till you're at the door, which is fine and dandy, but it is confusing as hell. I was lost all the time. Now, what does that mean? Well, that's not unusual. And this is a game where it literally tells you, you know, get out a pen and paper in the docs. You're going to be writing some maps up. You know, it's old school, right? But man, you having a point of reference in this is difficult, particularly given the various adventures you go on because your environment is very similar. I mean, it is ridiculous. Some stages are worse than others when it comes to that, too. They're all bad. I can't think of one that was less bad than the others. I, mean, I thought I they were all bad. Well, go ahead. Let's hear it. The Egypt, the Egypt stage is the worst by far. It is. Because there are no there are no guideposts at all. Like this, you've got different storefronts. Some this are lit, was the, some yeah. are not. Well, let's, let's go over what your various missions are in this. So when you go in the Wax Museum... Uh, the Crypt Keeper guy says, "Listen, you, you know you get to pick one of these things. So you've got you've got some choices here. You've got a uh, there's an Egyptian exhibit where you can go back and try to thwart your that your uh, ancestors' plans there. Then you've got a uh, a Jack the Ripper uh, sort of affair where you go back and basically try to stop Jack the Ripper because guess what? He's one of your ancestors. <clears throat> you've got a uh, like a mine." That you go down where there are these weird mutants that are down there. Again, the, the same difference. You're going back to stop them. And then you've got a, um, uh, like a graveyard. Right? <clears throat> now, when you go up to these exhibits, there's a little plaque you can read. And you can literally click on it and enter. There's a flash of light. You go in and you start, you start somewhere on the map. Right. So, just as an example, if you go for the graveyard one, uh, and you're in this one. I believe you're going after a necromancer. Um, you appear in the graveyard. It's night, and everywhere around you are graves. And you start in the middle. That's it. Mm -hmm. You've got nothing. And you, it's your job to go to this graveyard, explore, and try to figure out ways to do things. Um, 
for people that have, for you guys that have listened to our shows before, you'll recall that I'm not good at doing things. I had a, <laughs> I mean, I, the first one I chose was the Egyptian one. All right, I appeared. I walked two steps down the hall. An Egyptian came up to me and dropped me like that, mm-hmm. dead as a doornail. That was the level. That was my experience with the game. And then there was a grotesque scene of me being all dead. So I thought, well, screw this. I'm going to go to the mine. I went two or three spots. A weird mutant came up and licked me a few times. Then my guy broke out with a hideous rash and he died. That was the end of that. <clears throat> this game's tough to get started on. Uh, uh, I like the fact that they present you with four different adventures to start off in. I think that was cool. Uh, it gives and, and doesn't limit you to which uh, portal you go in. So you can pick the portal you want to go into, which is cool. If you get frustrated on one, you can go the other one. You can save your games, which is fine. It's just the actual gameplay that is puzzling to me because in, in a game, say like in most of these games, you're not really in a real-time situation, right? At least the ones I've played. Now, I'm probably sure there's some. So you can sit there and, and at least try to figure out what you're doing. If you're trying to map these levels, like I, have, I was drawing a remedial map, and I'd be drawing this map, and here comes a, a bad guy. And then, you're, and then you, so you're running. Well, right. then you're confused. Because then whatever you've drawn means nothing. Because right. Because, you, yeah, you've and, left the area. And it, it drove me absolutely nuts. And I spent a fr- – I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I spent a very frustrating week trying to beat at least one of these worlds. And I didn't, and I finally gave up and watched a walkthrough, which I hate to do on these, but we talked about it. I mean, sometimes you don't have a choice. And I watched a walkthrough, and after watching that, it didn't help me one bit. It's still difficult as hell to get around, even when you see someone else do it. Um, so yeah, I was frustrated. What, what do you think? What did you think about it? Yeah, I think any game that, that requires you to, to really make a map of your surroundings or be aware of your surroundings in a way that it's it's not immediately apparent, but at the same time constantly puts the threat of, of death upon you is gonna is gonna lead to a frustrating experience because like you said, if you're trying to play the game the right way and and, and build a map, and I realize that you can find like in, in England you can find a map, but you're not gonna find it right off the bat, that's for sure. And you're you're basically trying to wander around these dark streets. Um, you can't you can't fully experience the, the you know the the environment because you're always on the run now i understand that they want to create um an intense you know environment and they want you to feel scared and be on the run but if they if they did that they should have they should have provided an in-game map for you to 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 negotiate yeah um that would have been the bare minimum for me would be an in-game map now a lot of games of this year did not have an in-game map what year this is 1993 yeah okay so i mean you're it's in that yeah but, I mean, this is a game where you can see where they did it. Right. This game may be responsible for the in-game map feature. Because well, it's funny because I, um, I was streaming this, and uh, one of the people in the chat, it might have been Henrik or Eric or somebody, um, they, they sent me a link to some, I think it was Czechoslovakian Amiga magazine that actually had <laughs> the, the maps plotted out. And, man, these maps are huge. I mean, really? these areas. It's hard to tell how yeah, big they yeah. are. I mean, I guess they were plotted out square by square. But like in the Egypt map, there's no way I would have ever figured that out on my own. It's crazy. Well, and what really is frustrating to me is underneath all this, there's a very intriguing game to a certain degree. The plot is interesting, I think. Uh, Now, 
I think the waxworks angle, you could have really strapped anything on the front of this. Really, they don't use, I would like to have seen them use the waxworks as something. I mean, uh, you could have said, okay, you've got a time machine, you've got a magic book, you could have used anything. Really, the waxworks, it, it's just sort of a, a way to have a hub to go to these different places. I think it's pretty creative. It's actually. okay, but I mean, what's what do they do with it though? You won't have you have the exhibits that that's it. Yeah, but I mean, that's, you could have been in a museum. It could have been anything. Right, but I mean, it's in in video games too often. It's just like, oh, here, take this. Here's this time machine, and you can go yeah, back. I, at would, least, like, I guess if you're gonna do a wax, I want to see like a guy getting thrown in a vat of wax. I want to see a just, guy, you know, I want to see someone like melting and there's a person in the in the wax, you, okay. know, you know, something like that. Okay. Some, some more wax stuff. Okay. Uh, and, and they didn't, you didn't they get didn't that. Get, yeah, none of yeah. that. Um, the uh, graphics, now let's talk about the graphics. Now, because we've been killing this thing. The graphics in this thing are great. Mm -hmm. uh, they were done by Paul Drummond, uh, Kevin Preston, Maria Drummond, and Jill Wall. These are some top shelf graphics. Uh, on this thing. There's some animated graphics. The animation with the crystal ball, there's a guy inside of it talking. It's freaking awesome. Uh, there, when you when you bamf into, a, uh, into an exhibit, there's a sort of a uh, like a flash. It looks great. It's really cool. When you die in this game, which this game, I guess if, there, if there's anything known about it is the death scenes. They are, which you'll see them, that's, that, that, I, no wonder they spent so much time working on it because you get killed in every conceivable way. Throat slashed, junk cut off, melted, you know, burned, you know, all kinds of crazy ways. And, the, and there are some awesome uh, scenes of your death. It reminded me of like the 3D point and click or the 2D point and click version of Dragon's Lair. You know, just like everyone likes it's to a see much, dirt. A, a much gorier version of that. It's you're. I know you're not a big fan of the gore. Was, was it over the top for you? Well, this is. I mean, I, I've got to recognize this game for what it is. It's a horror title. Right. The developer is horror soft. So I mean, you expect there to be gore and blood and stuff like that. You expect your you, you know yourself to see to go to a, a grisly demise. So it didn't bother me because that's that's what you sign up for when you when you when you play this game. Well, I mean, it, it definitely it's it's way like Elvira had a couple things like that. There was some gore, but this is like that's its calling card. Really. Yeah, it's way it's way over the top on on the gore on this thing. Um, you'll be surprised to hear this one, Boat. Uh, there's an outfit out there that's working on a, a, a sort of a sequel to this, believe really? it or not. It's called Waxworks Special Edition. Right? <clears throat> um, it, the outfit is called Want to Play. Now, I, I checked, because they've had this license for some time, and they, have, they had updates to the work on this game as of October of last year. Hmm. Pretty close. So get this. Now listen to this wackiness. Um, it's the same game, but they're going to have they're going to use the Unreal Four engine, all right? Uh, they're going to have uh, new maps. They're going to have a mini map like we were talking about. Uh, they're going to have uh, better animation. They've got some they've got some stuff they've already done. It's got a three D user inter interface. It looks good, you know, uh, just from what they've shown. <clears throat> it could never see the light of day because this company must be super duper tiny. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, as of like I said last year, they were still working on it late last year, so. You know, might be kind of neat. I could if they would make this game with a with a in-game map. The graphics weren't the problem for me. Right, the right. map, the map is the thing. You put an in-game map in it, that'd be cool. Now the combat, we should probably talk oh, about the combat. Actually, that that is that was the huge that was a huge stumbling block for me. <laughs> Let's hear your thoughts on because, it. Because um, 
you know, I read and I was told in the stream, they're like, well, you can attack different parts of the body right. in this. Right. And you can do this and that. I wasn't able to do anything. I was like, I was just jabbing. I was trying to move the mouse in all different kinds of ways. And I just got destroyed every time. I mean, I, I did manage to beat the Egyptian in the uh, one of the Egyptians, but there's multiple Egyptians and <clears throat> you, you lose health and you don't get it back. Yeah, well, you do get it back if you level. Yeah. Or you, well, you you also get the guy in the globe can give you some yeah. health back. And that's another thing. Before we talk about the combat, this game, you your experience is calculated in an odd way. You basically gain experience by walking around. I noticed that. <laughs> if, I mean, you really should, in this game, just by not dying, you should get experience. That's the way I, that's the way I looked at it. Just You've got the experience of seeing a few extra seconds of nothing before you get killed. Right. Oh, it was Hasifa that sent me. Chris, Christopher Hassel sent me the link to that Czechoslovakian Amiga magazine. <laughs> so... The combat in this is actually kind of cool, and if you know what you're doing, it can be real cool. I was watching a guy online play, and he was blocking and parrying with a knife and all stuff. Uh, you do get to attack, like, uh, for example, uh, when you went to the graveyard, did you ever see the zombies? Oh, I saw a lot of them <clears throat> before they destroyed me. If you get the, I think it's a sickle, you can whack these guys, and it's cool, and it, they actually take damage. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, in a way. Right. And uh, But you can actually hack off an arm, and they're still fighting you. You can hack off their other arm, they're still trying to bite you, and yeah. then you finally cut their head off. And you don't have to do it in that order. I've seen, I, I saw the guy in the video cut their head off, and they're still punching, mm. you know, kicking, so I thought that was kind of cool. The combat is weird. It's, I mean, it's odd to have a real-time combat in a game like this. It's almost like, uh, this game's sort of like if, like, uh, you watered down, I don't know, like, uh, uh, Eye of the Beholder, basically, mm -hmm. and you know, and just, and then, and then, but I mean, I don't even know if you can do that. Eye of the Beholder target a specific area. I don't know. I don't think so. It's, I mean, I kind of like it, but I, if if this was a little more fluid, and I'm not sure I want this in my point and click adventure either, because there's a certain element here of, of a lot of people that play these aren't necessarily good gamers. You know, in terms of Twitch right. gaming. The reason why I got into these, you know, as a kid was because I wasn't the best video game player. And this was something I could beat. All it took was time. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, if that's that's sort of a pick your poison. If you're into that kind of real-time combat aspect of it, you might dig it. And if, and if you're not, you know, you might hate it. Uh, what did you think of the music in this? I found an interesting tidbit out about the... The music was, I mean, I could tell that they were trying to... Um, to Create an atmosphere of suspense, and it, it does. Was, it it does change occasionally. Yeah. What's, what's like when on. you in, in the England level, when you go to the bar, you hear that ragtime music, or right? Whatever. It was fine. So get this: um, the music's it got from from ja from a dude named Jazz Jazz. Is it Jazz Jazz J E Z Z? I want to make sure I read that right. Woodruff, right? Mm -hmm. He's a session musician who's played with Robert Plant, Black Sabbath. And other ba bands of that era. So this, they actually had a guy who actually... That's pretty cool. That's kind of neat. And the music was pretty good. Here's the bad part of the music. It's, you would hear it yeah, it's very a million, repetitive. zillion times. Yeah. And since it takes so long for you, the music to change, for you to get somewhere important, it gets very repetitive. Yeah, I'm with you. That Egyptian music, I'm going to hear it in my sleep. Yeah. <clears throat> that was the only level where I had any good success because you get a dagger early. If you have just your bare hands and you're starting to weld, you're screwed. You, I don't think you could beat anybody with your bare hands. No. Uh, but with, if you've got a weapon, you can get somewhere. Mm -hmm. So on that level, I was good at hacking up guards or you know priests or whatever came around. So I get to look at that level a lot. And it's it's a good looking, like I said, a lot of it's good looking. But man, that music really started to grate on me. The most frustrating level for me was probably the cemetery. That level, I mean, that cemetery is just so hard to move around in. Uh, I mean, at least, at least in the uh, in the pyramid level, 
you can go somewhere. Mm-hmm. You'll get to a point in the cemetery where you're trapped and there's a zombie on you and you're just basically screwed. Yeah. And yeah. if you don't have the... It took me forever just to find a weapon in that level. Yeah, I had that same experience. In the level where you're Jack the Ripper, you have to... Like, this is one of those games where you are stopping Jack the Ripper. People think you're Jack right. the Ripper. And so you have to go... There are things... This is one of those games where you, you have to have knowledge that, and you have to be very mindful of what people are saying. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, for example, there's a there's a there's a puzzle in it where you need to get this address book from a pimp, right? And so you go to the bar and talk to the bartender, and he says, "Watch out for that guy right there. He's a he's a purse snatcher." So then you have to have the right trinket to get this purse snatcher to go over and steal the pimp's address book to get the address. I would never have thought of that in ten million years. Right? You know? It's 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 a game that. I mean, they were really, it's very ambitious in all of the things they were trying to shoehorn into this one title. You know, you play a lot of these games, okay? Did you find the um, these little puzzles more difficult than they are in most games? Like, I played Monkey Island. I got halfway decently through that. Well, one. Monkey Island is one of the easier games of the well, genre. Well, I need those. Things, things really went off the rails at this time in adventure gaming, and that's part of the reason why point-and-click adventure games went away is because they, the puzzles just got way too esoteric. There's a classic example of you have to shave the cat to get the cat hair to to tape it onto your driver's license to disguise your ID to give it. To, I mean, that's a serious. That's that's actually that's that was a puzzle. In what a, in game, a game was that? That was um, was one of the uh, shaved your cat. Yeah, yeah. I'm serious. <clears throat> so uh, things got bad. Yeah, that's. So this is this is where we're. This game is where we're heading to that. Yeah. Because yeah. it seemed to me like the puzzles are really tough. Mm-hmm. And when I say puzzles, like I saw when, when watching a walkthrough, there were guys that actually got to some puzzles. Mm-hmm. I never saw actual puzzles. I was just trying to get They're not really puzzles. It's just like, it's like having, it's, it's basically a lot of trial and error. You know, this, do click on this and then click on that and match this to that, offer this guy this thing, and eventually you work it out somehow. Hmm. Well, overall, to take this to the house... Uh, I like the subject matter. I like the plot. I like the fact that they put a lot of thought into it. I like the fact that it's a dark game and it lets you pick your own levels. I like the graphics. I even sort of like the combat. But I wish it was just combat or the puzzles, but not both. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it was a game that was strictly a combat-type game, I could probably get into it a little bit more where I could have a little more success. I don't like the not having in-game maps. That was the worst. The repetitive music. Uh, the the huge leaps in logic, it's just too hard for me. I'm not too I'm not too big a man to admit that I just couldn't figure it out, man. Yeah, yeah. Your thoughts, final <laughs> thoughts. Yeah, um, this reviewed pretty well uh, back in the day. Amiga Action gave it a 91. Amiga Computing gave it a 94. Amiga Format gave it a 72. So they didn't get it. CU Amiga gave it a 91, and the One gave it a 78. So you've got still though those are Relatively high scores. Where would you rate this? I mean, I know we don't review games, but we're, I mean, in terms of like a letter grade, since you're a teacher, where would you put this one? This is kind of one of those wacky ones where it's tough. Yeah. I'd probably give it a B. I'd probably give it a B. I would probably give it a C plus, just because it's the good parts of it are weighed out or similarly weighed with the bad parts. Mm-hmm. So to me, it makes it sort of average on the on the whole. Yeah, yeah. Um, I eBayed this bad boy. Believe it or not, I found a, a copy of this in the states. It was the discs only, uh, ten bucks, one buck a disc. Not bad. 
In the UK. Were they, did they come with a rubber band around them? They did. <laughs> they actually had the code wheel, too, which is surprising. This does have a code wheel, yeah, which is yeah. hacked out of all the cool versions at the beginning. And then uh, the UK, of course, as always, uh, it's a cornucopia of goodies over there. Eight eight American dollar dollar bill. So it's a five pound, something like that. You take it to the house in the box. Now, if you're in Germany, you've got a uh, uh, someone looking to score. The only one I could find, and he's been running this thing day in, day out for a year, 145 wow. U.S. dollars. Wow. So I don't think I'll be uh, picking this one up in German. No, no. But, uh, yeah, it was an interesting game. It's uh, I don't know if I'd go back to it. It was much more fun to watch than it was to play, that's for sure. And even it wasn't that fun to watch due to all the running around the maze. But, mm-hmm. eh. yeah. Can't have them all. You can't win them all, Boat. That's right. Speaking of winning... I'd like to announce the winner of last week's Patreon song challenge. This is actually three weeks ago now because we had our little. I can't even remember what the song. Can you do a little bit? Uh, the, the well, the the song was. Oh man, I can't even remember what it was now. I'll put you on the spot. Yeah, I can't remember what. Was it Nirvana? Was it that one? No. Whatever it was, I think it was Tom Petty. Tom. Oh yeah, yeah that's what it was. was Free falling. I won't back down. Yeah. That's right. Um, so uh, did you get it? Yeah, I'd like to uh, congratulate <laughs> Darren Coles. Well done, Darren. You are the winner this week. Um, we've uh, your favorite episode was the 2018 New Year's predictions episode. Oh, so really? I created this uh, custom card for you here, um, and uh, that will be sent to you in the mail soon. Uh, I'd also like to thank Ed Van Halen for also entering. Eddie Van Halen. Uh, Eddie Van Halen. Um, and uh, before we get out of here with the Patreon people, I'd just like to uh, remind everybody that uh, if you'd like to buy some Amigos apparel, like both John and Aaron are wearing, uh, you can check out our store at tpublic.com slash store slash Amiga Tees. Wow. Um, or you can just go to tpublic.com and type in Amiga Tees. We've got a whole array, wide array of both Amigo shirts and ARG Presents shirts. Uh, don't forget to check out our sister show, ARG Presents, where we talk about systems that aren't the Amiga. And finally, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and Google+. And YouTube. YouTube. Sign up for our page, man. We're, we're getting somewhere near 1,000 right. subscribers. Absolutely. And I think we get a pony if we get 1,000 subscribers. YouTube sends you a pony. Yeah, they do. Class. Hey, uh, who, who was it that was wearing your uh, uh, your uh, shirt? Oh, that was John Cook. John yeah. Cook. And tell, tell him about this shirt. I, I, I'd only seen that one picture of it. So this is, this is a, a newer design on our store. This is, um, this is a... Um, Based on one of our ARG Presents episodes, our Game Boy episode. It's the one where you yelled um, at me. Yeah, it's you the yelled one at me because you thought I was you. bad. So uh, it is uh, Zelda is not an RPG. That is the. Uh, <laughs> Look how mad you are on the shirt. That was exactly what Ooh, happened. Yeah. I so. thought he might strike me, John. <laughs> so. I'm glad you're here now to keep him in case I badmouth something else. He's very passionate about Zelda. So uh, at RPG, you can uh, you can check those all out over at uh, T Public, and uh, of course every purchase you make helps support the show. Aaron, it's now time to thank our Patreon supporters. All right, man. All right. So um, this week again, the song challenge is on. If you know the name of this song, then just send us an email. You can send it to John at amigospodcast.com. 
and uh, I will choose a winner from the uh, entries to award a custom Amigos postcard. So make sure you mention your favorite Amigos episode and your mailing address. So here we go. Oh God, no. Wait a minute, I forgot what I was doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he beat himself stupid. <clears throat> Dan Ross, Leaf Kalana, Kebab, Donatella, Level Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perr, and Ricky Durisho, Gippy Dead Boy, Figure CTZ, Slow Norris, Stephens, or Gordon Mortensen. Edvin Helen Blender 75, Christopher Russell, Rivy Abbott, Chris Foles, Dream, Cashew Lange, Rue, Graham, Vebke, Brent, Daddy Lane, Denson, Adam, Battles, B. Joe, Brian's Retro and Vintage. Gary Hucker, C. Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Anthony Chavez, Tapes from the Crypt, Josh Nan, Will Williams, Adam Vladisby, Jonas Rulo, T.S.E. Egg Nelson, Kim, Tommy Humbert, Stad, Daniel Banks, The Brutal Barracuda, Darren Wolves, Jason Warren's Pixels at Dawn, and Kion Bjorn Barman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so again, if you know wow. what that was, then send your responses to uh, john at amigospodcast.com. Unfortunately, you deafened all the listeners when you were beating your chest like a gorilla. Well, I was going to do that. I was going to accompany myself. Is with, that what with, you were going to do? I thought we were going to leave the room when you started doing that. <laughs> Aaron, next week, yeah. yes. we are going to play Hired Guns. Hired Guns. Yeah. Okay. So... Uh, Everybody, thank, heard you. Good things. thank you so much for joining us. Remember, we uh, record this live every Friday night uh, at 5.30 Eastern Time. We record this and ARG Presents Back to Back. We'd like to thank everybody that was uh, in the chat with us this evening on YouTube. We've got Eric uh, Sundstrom, Duncan Stiles, Steve Rasmussen, Pixels at Dawn, Hasifa, Zerfall, uh, UK retro gamer, anybody that I might have missed, thank you so much for um, John. <laughs> I've already got one entry. Oh man, yeah. live so, on the air. Someone's on did they get it? They got it. Oh, wow. Uh -oh. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the names randomly so as not to be unfair to those that, that is might incredible. be later on. But uh, <laughs> and but, he knows it too. Yeah. He might just hit you later and just take it. <laughs> so thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for supporting the Amigos and, uh, and all of our wacky endeavors. Uh, we'll see you next week. Until then, adios. adios.